You're listening to the Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast. On this episode of the podcast, it is all about Kentucky Derby hats. And for this episode, I'm interviewing two featured Milners for the Kentucky Derby, Jenny Fannensteel and Christine A. Moore. You mentioned a little bit about your technique uh, that you sure. approach with hat making, because when I, I remember when I lived in other states and I would come back to the Derby and I'm like, just as a spectator, I'm like, okay, let's go to this department store and get a hat. And then I would show up here and I'm like, oh, <laughs> I didn't really rise to the occasion. You know, there, there are hats and then there's a forme hat. And there's, I think, a huge, huge difference because uh, kind of describe like what goes into making it even I think we talked one time, even your materials that you're using to put this hat together. Yeah. I feel like you're, I'm wearing art when yeah. I, it is, it's like wearing a piece of art. I appreciate that. Yeah. You know, especially here in Kentucky during Derby, you, you can go to the gas station and get a hat, the grocery store. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yes, there are hats everywhere, but it is a little different coming to my hat shop in Louisville and, and meeting someone like myself, a true milliner. So um, when you walk into my hat shop, you'll not only see pre-made hats, but you'll also see uh, raw materials of how I create my hat. So you'll see the hat blocks that I use, which are the molds that I form the material uh, to create different shapes and styles and sizes. So when you come in for a custom hat, for instance, you'll be able to pick a shape that works best for you. You'll be able to see and feel the different raw materials that I use, the cinemas, the horse hairs, the braid. Um, and that way we it can really be a, a personal experience and a very customized experience. Um, so a lot of my materials do come from England, Australia, and France. Uh, so, you know, Fortunately and unfortunately, you're, you're not just going to Joanne Fabrics and right. <laughs> getting this material. So when I'm in a pinch for something, I can't just run out and get something. But um, at any rate, you know, it's it, they come. These materials come from millinery supply houses. Uh, and um, as far as my trims go, I like to utilize vintage trims. So a, a lot of the trims that I use are from France from the 20s and 30s. Uh, that are typically handmade. Um, and I've just found resources all over the world of people who are selling these things. And I try to give them a new life. How long does it take on average to make one hat? Because these are just not big hat bow. Everything is just so different. One is not like the other. Right. Ever. Yeah. Everything. Yeah. Everything I do is one of a kind. And, and you're right. I'm, I'm not purchasing a hat base and then hot gluing something together and it taking 30 minutes. So it is about a three to four day process to mold the material over the wood. Um, and then it has to dry and then I hand sew it all together. Um, and then the embellishments, of course. So, you know, everything is hand sewn, nothing is glued. Um, you know, it just, it, it's going to provide many years of life for the hat. Uh, when, when you have a quality made hat and people will Will, who come into the hat shop and try on hats really even just feel a difference because a lot of times when you see a hat in a department store that's been mass produced, it's heavy, it's hard. Um, 
it doesn't feel it doesn't feel good, good. When it's on your hood yeah on your head it um and when you try on um, a handmade hat um from myself it it's lightweight and you know it, it's comfortable which it should be i mean the derby is a very long day and i don't think people realize how long they're going to be wearing their hat for so it's very important that it's comfortable and that it fits you properly and you even get into a lot of men's styles for men that are wearing hat. I've noticed a lot of those over at the Derby Museum and at your shop, especially when I follow your social media feed. I see these. I mean, it really is like if you're going and you're with a group or you're there with a couple, you know, the men, they can dress it up too. Yes. Oh, absolutely. The men get into it as well, for sure. Quite nice than, you know, seeing a man all dressed up and dapper and wearing his bow tie and, and fedora. So, yes, the men get into derby attire just as the women do. And a lot of times they will coordinate with colors. Uh, but, yes, uh, the gentleman should absolutely consider wearing a hat. Uh, fedoras are very popular. I've seen top hats there, um, newsboys hats. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, seersucker suits, it's, it's a great day for everyone to really go all out and dress up to the nines and just have a great time. I was you know, gonna say, they'll that. always look at that hat yeah. and remember that entire experience around that hat. Exactly. That's heavy. <laughs> wow. No pressure, yeah. Jenny. Right. I know. <laughs> <laughs> it better be comfortable, right? <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, even after Derby, how do things change in your shop? Uh, I'll go back to your social media feed because I, I even noticed through uh, the fall, uh, late summer, fall, you shifted to all oh, these beautiful hats. Like it was like year round hats. Yep. Yes. And um, that wasn't something I was used to before. And even this fall, I started wearing more hats and I'm like, why not? Absolutely. You know, I, I try to tell people there's no reason why you can't be warm and fashionable. <laughs> You know, so if you've always loved a hat, why not wear it in the winter as well? Uh, you know, it's, it serves as a, as a great piece to warm your head and warm your ears and, and also coordinate with your, your coat. In uh, some hats, you wouldn't even need to take off when you go indoors. It just, it, it just flows in with the outfit. But yeah, I, I make more than just derby hats. I make hats for all seasons and occasions. Uh, so, uh, you know, I still have fall hats right now in my shop, uh, you know, and, you know, people, and I of course make fall hats all year round for people who might be going to colder parts of the world to go skiing or so forth. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I make it all <laughs> bridal weddings, funerals, um, you know, new year's Eve holiday events. How did your love of hat making begin? Where did this come from? Because it is such a unique throwback art, right? And, and craft. Yeah, it really is. Uh, so I guess the creative artistic part uh, really came from how I grew up. My mother, my grandmother, uh, they taught me how to sew when I was five years old. I was doing cross stitch. And uh you know, my mom always sewed all my clothes. She made, she would go to the fabric store and get patterns and make my clothes and put patterns on me. And <laughs> um, whenever I wanted the latest trend in pants or something, she would go out and make them. Um, so 
that naturally led me to go to fashion design school, which I did in Denver. I went to the Art Institute of, of Colorado for costume design. And I thought I was going to make costumes for the ballet, um, which I did, but I very much loved the ballet and, and for theater and commercials. And I did a Grammy just for Margaret Cho. I um, made costumes for Cirque du Soleil, um, but I always loved hats. Um, and I did incorporate hats into my costumes, but I never really knew what I was doing. I was just kind of winging it and putting it together, but I wasn't blocking them over wood um, in the traditional sense. And so when I wanted to learn more about the craft of hat making, and I did research in the United States, there really wasn't a lot offered. So I ended up finding a course in Australia and I went to Australia and did an apprenticeship there. And that changed my life forever. Um, because I knew how to hand sew it, the whole process came very natural to me. And I immediately fell in love and I thought to myself, this is what I meant to do. And so when I came back to the States, I started dabbling in the things that I had learned in Australia and making hats in my basement. And then I uh, would make hats and then sell them at art shows in Chicago. That's where I used to live. And, and then one day um, I was doing a show and the woman next to me, she was from Louisville, Kentucky. And she said, you really should sell your hats in Kentucky for the Derby. <laughs> and it never even crossed my mind. You, even, you and, probably hadn't even attended a Derby yet, right? No, no. You know, yeah. I'm hearing from Colorado and Chicago and yeah, you know, I'd heard of the Derby, but I've never, I've never been to the Derby or really got into all that. And, um, but so the following year I stayed with this, this, um, person I had met at a show and um, made appointments at stores off Frankfurt Avenue and <laughs> sold hats out of my trunk and wow uh, and so for six years I came and made uh, came down to Kentucky for about two months at a time and did custom work for clients and during that time I just I fell in love with the town the people um I mean, everybody was so sweet and nice and, and then just to see how supportive everybody was and how the town was for small businesses, mm -hmm. it was night and day from a big city like Chicago. And I'm like, this is such a beautiful state and, you know, a great place to live. So it took a couple of years to convince my husband to move to Kentucky from Chicago. Uh, but uh, we finally made the move and and, you know, and it's allowed me to open up a hat shop here, you know, in Chicago, it's, it's you know, very difficult um, with the real estate there. So, you know, here I was able to make my dreams come true. And, and now we have a hat box company and we're getting ready to open a supply company. And so it's just, it's a big happy hat empire family. <laughs> <laughs> it was meant to be. It truly, truly it was. was meant to be. <laughs> So yes. what is the process if people want to contact you, come to your store? Do you recommend they go online first, make an appointment? How does the whole one-of-a-kind hat adventure yeah. begin? So yes, you can come to the hat shop in person. Um, you don't have to set an appointment, but if uh, you would like to, I certainly take appointments and, and do suggest that. Um, that way we can have block time just for you. 
Um, you can also go to my website, which is formamillinary.com. Uh, take a look at different hats that I've uh, created and get some ideas of types of the things that I create. Um, you can, we can, you can email me at info at formamillinary.com and we can communicate via email. Um, a lot of times when you're out, you know, my clients that are out of state, we do everything on the, via email or yeah. phone calls. So um, it can be done. <laughs> um, you don't have to be here in person. So there's lots of ways that you can get in touch with me and, and we can make this work for you. The Horses, Hats, and Bourbon podcast brought to you by Kentucky Tourism. Horses, bourbon, and the great outdoors. That's Kentucky. Original, majestic, and wide open. This is Kentucky. Come see for yourself. Plan your road trip at KentuckyTourism.com. Your casual collection kind of was your base and your start, and then... And yeah, then. So, so then, um, yeah, so then when I... So then I... I was struggling with uh, price on on the casual things when I started because it was like I was it's more like advertising dollars will get you the sales and I I didn't have it so once I got into racing and then I got no uh, I got the um, notoriety for, for these big you know explosive or you know just really finely made elegant because elegance always sells you know um, once I got known for that. Then I, you know, I could work on my, once people knew me, I could work on the whole, the whole breath and the pandemic happened and people were like, I'm casual and I, but I still want a little bit, I want to do, I want a little more. And they were, you know, whether, you know, some people gained weight and it was easier, it's always easier to find a hat that fits, you know, (laughs) but so then all of a sudden that became the focus and it really sustained us through was a through line mm-hmm. through um the pandemic and and you know there were there were hat lovers that maybe they bought one hat a year but that during the pandemic they decided to buy just to support us they would buy you know maybe five or six or some people bought 10 hats just to keep us going just as like angels like so many retailers have store and designers have stories like that where there were just like you know, these people who just love the work and want to see us sustain would just like support us. It's amazing, you know, that, that to have these little angels, but it wasn't just my story. It was everyone's talking about these little angels. Yeah. You, you mentioned your, go ahead. Oh, no, no, you go. No. I, I'm curious, like, is this, you started with the casual hats, then how, how did you start period? How did you always know in your heart, this is what you wanted to do or did it just happen? Um, Probably not unlike you as a journalist, <laughs> you know, it was like, it just was something that you had to do. Like you have to ask questions and find out, right? Yeah. Well, I have to, you know, it's the same thing. Like I have to create. And it was, and I realized uh, I studied costume design and in, uh, and when I love building started in sets and then props and then oh, I found wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I realized that I wasn't really good with, um, you know, spatially. So I should go into <laughs> costumes. You need to adjust a little bit. Adjust. Here, right? <laughs> yeah. That's but, crazy. But I loved, and then when I was, I went to, I went to art school after um, studying costume design because you have to render. And I realized I, I can render, but I don't love it. I love sculpture. And then I'm, when I, my first professional job as a assistant costume designer, I met a milliner and I realized that's like the art and the sculpture all in one. 
made hats for theater. Uh, eventually, you know, re regional theater like the Louis um, Actors Theater of Louisville, although I, I didn't work there, but that's the kind of theaters that I was working at. And then, and then I came to New York and worked in a um, Rodney Gordon Millinery, which is a uh, millinery company for Broadway shows, you know, and so then that's when I really- Then did you realize, whoa, this is big time now. Now, wait a minute. Well, yeah, yeah. Well, I realized that um, I realized that I didn't. Well, I didn't want to compete with my mentor because I, not you know, I didn't. I respected him too much to try to, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I'd be you know. So um, I decided to go into fashion. Didn't know anything about it. Just started selling hats on the side to stores, and then I, and then it it just it took off, and then I I stopped, and I realized that I also. You know, I could go back to regional theater, but I realized I wasn't a collaborative design. I wasn't a, I didn't like collaborative art. It's not like, I, it's not that I don't like collaborating. It's just that I'm not, I don't like collaborative art where you've got, you know, a director, or you've got you know, all those say-sos that could change. That's a lot of people in your space, in your creativity. A lot, exactly. That's exactly it. So then it's like, now it's like the store, you know, it's the store of the stylist and the customer and myself if for the, you know, for the special orders and, and, you know, I, and then for my collection, I often refer to my staff or how I, you know, ask my staff because they're all, they all have masters in de design themselves, you know? So I just, um, uh, um, they have masters. I don't, <laughs> I don't want to say that, so they're more, but you know, it, then, so I do use, other people i'm not an island in any way but but it's like there is that i can i have a body of work that is clearly mine that is rolling on and that's that's what i what i came to realize that i enjoyed about about fashion and about uh the visual arts i in recent years have watched the royal ascot more and more right overseas yeah. i'll watch that because that has a whole other a whole other vibe going on yeah. And yes. And the, the one thing I've noticed is that, uh, okay. So over the years, more and more, uh, Americans were going to Ascot and you, uh, uh, we were getting more and more, um, challenges to design and, you know, for the, the, uh, Royal enclosure. And, and it was really exciting to see, we were even doing, we do, okay. Back to the theater thing. So I made, I made, um uh top hats like real like uh well sw um like swirled velvet top hats like um like what do i say like original structure before like not they're the real thing like they make them in england they're very expensive but we started making those too because i had made uh, for all the tours of of um of Phantom of the Opera, starting with the first one. When I worked for Rodney Gordon, we did we did all the tours, all the top hats for all the tours and the Broadway show. So I was well versed in you know, a buckram top hat with you know pane velvet, you know, to replace the the um, beaver that used to be the beaver skins used to be the covering of the top hats. I think it's it's it for me as an American designer, I love the challenge to to cross the pond and do and try to have my style, but also in the Ascot way. So that, you know, that I, the person stands out in, and it's definitely, it stands out as an American. Cause I think that's important, mm -hmm. you know, to stand out as an American, but also to have cam hat style 
And then also to, um, you know, to also be, feel very comfortable in at the, at Ascot and not be too American. Right. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? To have that mix. And so I love that challenge. I love it. It's so. like designing your own spin on a period piece, right? Like you don't exactly. want to mess with it too much, but to make right. it uniquely so people know it's yours. Yeah. And that's interesting that you should say that about period pieces. Cause that, that is, it, I, I, the queen dictates the fashion for sure. And you, which we all know, but it, it's very vintage. I mean, yeah. you could go back to the 1940s, which is a perfect time. If you're going to go back in history to women's clothing, mm -hmm. go back to 1940s. I mean, everyone looked fabulous, you know, and, and that's really the millinery is the millinery style of the Royals is really goes back to the 1940s. Yeah. And it's fun. And it's so. super timeless, right? It's just a look yeah. that I feel like you'll see like bits and pieces at Derby, at Preakness every once in a while, a tiny little more vintage style hat. And you're like, it, it looks forever timeless. Yeah. Christine, what's another way that people can connect with you or order something specific? What are the best ways? Uh, well, uh, you can always look at our website, which is camhats.com. That's C-A-M-H-A-T-S.com. Or you can look on Instagram. Uh, it's Cam Hats NYC, and of course we have Facebook. Christine Amore Millinery. Um, we I will say that we do a lot more with Instagram. I love Instagram, yeah. <laughs> so it's Cam Hats NYC for Instagram. And then we you can check out our website, and you'll see all the stores that we sell to. Okay. Um, and I, I have to say, my the store all but uh, all of my stores survived all this except for one mm. that was probably going to close anyway, um, before this. And, but, uh, they, it's like, they're solid retailers that just love their customers. And mm -hmm. I think it was like, I was telling you about angels that helped me survive the pandemic It was the same with them. And, and I'm just so proud to be partnered with all the stores I partner with. Well, I so enjoyed this conversation. Thank you so much. Well, thank you. Thank you for yeah. inviting me. A special thank you to Jenny and Christine for uh, doing the interview for the podcast. And if you would like to learn more about them or reach out to them and find out where they will be during the Kentucky Derby in the weeks leading up to it, all you have to do is head on over to my show notes where I've linked you up to their websites. Have a great week, everybody. Cheers. Cheers.